0: Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, this is Kurt Mortensen, this is episode 204. It's a national holiday here in the United States, so we're going to do something a little unique, a little different today. I'm going to pull an audio from the training from InfluenceUniversity.com, our 52-week PhD program. This is number 4 of 14 of an audio training series for those who negotiate for a living, because negotiations a little bit different than persuasion. Have you ever thought about why 3% make 97% of the money? Did you know the average persuader uses only 3, 4, 5, maybe 6 of their lucky persuasion techniques? There's over 100 different persuasion tools you will learn in Influence University. You can use our weekly PhD program. You can find the areas that you're weak in and fix those. Our podcast archives, everything you want there. Check us out at Influence University. Everything right at your fingertips because Influence University is literally the difference between knowing what you want and getting it, anytime, anyplace, from anybody, whether it's wealth, your career, your sales. One of the unique things about Influence University is I combine scientific research, persuasion software, that persuades for you, training videos, downloadable audios, and proven exercises all in one spot. So since it's a holiday, well at least here in the United States, to my international listeners, We're going to cut into learning negotiation and understand one of the biggest blunders is understanding the difference between position and problem. So take good notes. Here you go. Welcome back to another segment on negotiation where we talk about the difference between position versus problem. So let's get into it. Take some great notes. And of course, there'll be homework. So get ready for the homework. Let's do it. Remember that negotiation is a different form of persuasion. You always persuade first, negotiate second, because persuasion, you bring someone to your point of view, negotiation tends to be a little more give, take, give, take. So let's review a little bit about negotiation, because this is a big aspect of your business. You negotiate for a living, you negotiate every day. Even if it's where to eat, you tend to negotiate. Some basic principles you need to understand before, during, and after negotiation is that first of all, we are always physically prepared. Lack of sleep will hurt. Was Vince Lombardi, the famous football coach, that said fatigue makes cowards of us all? Now, you might want to cram all night, get ready for the negotiation, but physically you need to be prepared. Mentally, you need to be prepared too, just like an Olympic athlete. You prepared mentally. What if this happens? What am I going to do? And you you replay it in your mind. You think about it. We always persuade first and negotiate second. And something else we notice with great negotiators, a great negotiator will ask three times more questions than the average negotiator. When you ask the right questions, they'll tell you everything you need to know to persuade with them or to negotiate with them. It's such a simple thing, but very few people will do it. Have your numbers ready. We talked about your win, what you want, what you intend, what you need. You need to be able to start high or start low. Now, a lot of people want to go into negotiation and say, well, here's my number. Why can't we just get this number? But when people mentally are going to negotiate, they're always going to start high and start low, and you need to do the same, because if you don't, you're going to lose in your offer. Remember your win, what you want, what you intend, what you need, the three numbers that are critical for your success And always build the value and not fight on the price. And that's what I want to talk a lot about is the price. People want to run to the price. What's the price? What's the price? Price is never the only issue. Now, people will say it is. And when we study value and perception of pricing, what we're finding is when people say it's too expensive, 66% of the time, that's a lie. But it also is an indicator for you as a negotiator that you've blown your presentation. You didn't build the value. So if every time you're showing a home or showing your product or service, and you hear it's too expensive, you've blown your presentation because they haven't seen the value. Because even if they can't afford it, they should be saying, well, that's a great deal. That's a great offer. And that's your goal when you get into negotiation and persuasion. The thing that's very important to you is your ability to find the standard. If you are talking to somebody, let's say in real estate, and you're going to their property, show, what is your property worth? And they say, $200,000. And you know it's not worth that. But remember, this is an emotional thing. They've lived there for 30 years. What they think it's worth and what it's really worth tend to be two very different things. So if they say $200,000, don't call them on it. You just say, well, okay, what standard are you using to get to that price? Now, here's the moment of truth. If they say, well, I just know I've lived here for 30 years, you know they're pulling it out. I better be careful here. Pulling it out of the air, okay? They're pulling it out of the air you know they don't know but if they say something like well the market value or an expert opinion or based on the law or the professional standard you know where they've come up with a number now this is important for you too that when you're coming up with numbers say well here's the standard pricing here's my standard formula this is how we do it just the word standard goes a long way now even if you say standard agreement or contract. Now we don't like to use the word contract but if you say well I have my standard agreement just by inserting the word standard makes it more persuasive and chances are more likely that they're going to sign it. So your ability to find the standard goes a long way and it also indicates how much research they've done on their number. That is so important. Let me give you an example. A sixteen year old was upset that his curfew was an hour and a half earlier than everyone else's, okay? He could have fought with his parents, say it was not fair, not fair, not fair, but you know that when people fight, people get polarized, and they're more entrenched in their position. So the worst thing a 16-year-old could do, or anybody can do, is to fight over it because we get stuck in our position. So what this 16-year-old did was brilliant. Went to all his friends, 10 different friends, talked to their parents, got a little spreadsheet, put the friends' names, the parents' names, the phone number, and put their curfew and had the parents sign it. Did an average didn't show the parents say look here's the standard here's the average of all my friends can I stay an extra hour no fighting it was a standard they said yes. So when you're looking at your numbers try to find the standard find to find something that most people use and here's another interesting thing about negotiations is that odd numbers outpull even numbers or I should say strange numbers out-pull even numbers. Let me let me just explain. If you were to say, well, I'll give you $100,000. That is not as persuasive as saying $101,261. So take that one to the bank. Realize you don't round it off. The stranger you can make the number, and I don't know if strange is the word here, but if you could, I'm not talking about maybe cents necessarily, but if you could say 101412 it looks like you've done your research. It looks like you have a standard, and that type of number tends to be more persuasive now here's the big issue of the day so many people tend to fight on position versus the problem that's like you have a headache that's your symptom you take aspirin versus finding out what the disease is why do you really have the headaches is it a disease is it stress is it lack of sleep and that's what's true in negotiation we're all focused on the concern of money versus finding what is the true issue what is really happening let me give you some examples, because if you can grasp this one concept, you're going to go a long way in the world of negotiation. Two young twin girls, 12-year-old girls, so two 12-year-old girls were fighting over the last orange. The loving mother comes in and cuts the orange in half and gives each girl a half of orange, because that's what, you know, position. They wanted the orange. She didn't spend the time to find out what the problem was. So girl number one peels the orange, throws the peel away and needs the orange. Girl number two peels the orange, throws the orange away and uses the peel for her cooking project. If the mother wouldn't have looked at the position of the orange and found out, okay, why do you want the orange, it would have been a bigger win-win. Or the two hunters who both shot the deer at the same time. They're fighting over the deer. And most people default to, we'll split it in half. Well, that's the position wanting the deer, but the problem was, One wanted it for a trophy, one wanted it for the meat. And if they would have communicated the problem, it would have been a better solution. We see this too much. For example, if you are renting apartment complexes and somebody comes and says, I want something on the fourth floor, and you say, well, I don't have anything on the fourth floor, and they walk away. Well, wait a minute. Why don't you say, why do you want something on the fourth floor? Well, my friend lives on the fourth floor, and I wanted to live next to them. But that's... That can't happen. You say, well, wait, I've got two available on the third floor. Would you be willing to move to the third floor? All you had to do was ask. Or you went to a car dealership, do you have any black, oh, what's the car, a black Impala of all cars? Well, we don't. And they walk away. Why do you say, well, why do you want black? Well, I heard black cars don't get as many tickets. Well, that's true, but white cars don't get as many tickets either, and we have three white cars by asking the questions instead of the position you find out what the true problem is Let me give you some real-life examples i was uh, coaching a student that was working on a home in las vegas and this person and let's just round up make some numbers up here wanted three hundred thousand dollars for this house it wasn't worth it It was probably worth maybe two eighty probably that that was the target price but everybody would come and fight over the position of money i'll give you two eighty i'll give you two seventy i'll give you two ninety and he's like no 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 because nobody spent the time to find the problem i so I coached him. I said, "Look, ask this question, do this, this, and this, find out what's going on." And this is what he found out. And you tell me if this is important. Found out that he had told everybody that he was a great negotiator, and he's going to get three hundred thousand dollars for the home. That's the exact amount he needed to get into the new home he was building. And there was a, a couple jet skis and a ski boat in his backyard that he didn't use much, and they were relatively new. Mike, hello. So this is what we put together. Said, so "Look, I will give you three hundred thousand dollars because that's." what he needed, but you'll need to leave your ski boat and your jet skis. And the person saved the ego. He got a $300,000, got into his new house, and this person got jet skis and a ski boat and actually made a lot more money because he was looking at the problem versus the position of money. Here's another example. Student was working with some people in construction and they needed some raw land. So he had investors, so it was none of his own money, and this is what happened. There was this strip of land, we'll say it was $500,000, And everybody was going to this person, I'll give you 480, I'll give you 440, I'll give you this guy's, All no, 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 no. Because they were fighting over the position of the money. I said, no, no, ask the questions, what's the problem? And he found out that this person was 60 years old and was going to retire in five years. And the reason he wanted $500,000, even though he knew it wasn't worth it, is the exact amount he needed to finish off his retirement. He says, okay, here's the deal. $100,000 down now with a balloon payment of $400,000 in five years. He went for it. Everybody won. It made a huge difference in the money they were able to make. So your goal is to find out really why are they asking that price? What are the true challenges here? Money's not always the only issue. It's never the only issue. It's a big issue. But sometimes the position of the money they want is very different than the actual problem. This piece is huge. If you can understand this, you'll become a great negotiator. Look between the lines. Learn to read people. Learn to ask the questions. Let me repeat this again. When you can ask the right questions, they'll tell you everything you need to know to persuade them to negotiate with them. When you learn to listen with your ears, your eyes, and your heart, they'll tell you everything you need to know to persuade them. It's literally that simple sometimes. But you're so concerned about what to say next and where you want to go and vomiting all the details that you're missing some of the important things. So what I want you to do is learn to take notes. If an idea pops in your head, just write it down. It's okay if you're face-to-face with a person. You look like you're being conscientious and taking notes. And listen. Adapt to their personality. We'll talk about negotiation personalities in a different session, but the position versus the problem is a huge thing we need to focus on. Next thing I want to talk about, too, is when you negotiate, should you negotiate face-to-face, via the phone, or over email? I think the answer here is going to be it depends. What stage you're in the negotiation and the type of personality. But let me just give you some pros and cons between the two. Some personalities, when you're dealing with a very amiable type person, they want to meet face-to-face. When you're dealing with a die-hard professional analytical, just fax it to me, send me the email. So what I want to say is that you probably want to use a combination of all three, but I'll agree that face-to-face usually is the best. Why? Because it allows you to read faces. There is always less deception when you're face-to-face. The great thing about face-to-face, you just have a lot more control. That's a great thing about face-to-face. Now, the con about face-to-face is things get heated much faster. The emotions get triggered much faster. There's more head games. You'll see a lot more anger, frustration, resentment. And if you don't know how to handle those things, that could really hurt you. So that is the con. Now, when you talk about phone negotiation, the great thing about a phone is, you know, it's pretty simple. You're over the phone. There is less tension usually over a phone. You have more breathing room. And there's, there's not as many pressure tactics. It's kind of hard to, well, you have to make the decision now. You've got to do it now over the phone than it is face-to-face. The cons of using the phone, though, is, I mean, you can't read their nonverbals. I mean, you can hear their voice and their vocal inflections. That'll help you out. But there's no body language to read. It is much harder to build rapport over the phone than it is face-to-face. But it's also sometimes a lot easier to get aggressive and call people names over the phone because, well, you know why, because they can't smack you or, (laughs) or take a swing at you because you're over the phone. Versus email... Email is great because you can think it through, you can control the language, you can reread it, make sure what you you're saying and what you mean are are the same. You have all the time in the world. Well, relatively, you have more time to put your thoughts together and how to say it. The con with an email is sometimes we can get a little more impulsive as far as sending it too fast, less restrained. There tends to be a lot more jabs. What we're finding is that when you look at people getting really aggressive as far as name calling or or just really saying really mean things. When it was done face-to-face versus phone, there, it was 12 times more likely for people to get aggressive over the phone than face-to-face, and it was 100 times more likely over the email to send a jab. I mean, it's easier to attack somebody you can't see. It's easier to attack somebody you don't know. But when you're face-to-face, you get to know them, it's much difficult for most people. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but those are kind of the pros and cons to those type of negotiations. This is what I want you to do this week. I want you to work on finding people's position. Now it doesn't have to be a die-hard negotiation, because we negotiate every day. It could be what restaurant to eat at, curfew for your kids, a coworker. You could do this anytime. time, and that's what makes you a great negotiator. You're doing it all the time, you're being aware. So find people's position, and then the ways to do this is, always answer a question with a question. That's what great persuaders do. And when you're sincere and have rapport, it seems, it'll seem very natural to them. And you have to train your brain, because you've been taught your whole life in school that when somebody asks a question, you answer it. And so you have to reprogram yourself. Practice that with your kids. Keep asking them questions. So you have questions, questions then they'll keep answering them. You just keep asking them questions, just like they do to you. And then start listening with your ears, your eyes, and your heart. So practice this week learning people. Why do they want to go to that restaurant? Why are they stuck on that proposal? Why do they want to do that? Find out their position. Not just the problem, that's easy. But why are they so entranced or? Why do they really want it? And again, back to the restaurant. Why do they really want to go to that particular restaurant? And it might be something so simple that another restaurant has that you can both win at. It's the little things that will make you a great negotiator. And you negotiate every day. And if you can practice these techniques, you will become a power negotiator. Everything you want in life is on the other side of negotiation. People have it. You need it. You want it. A lot of times you have to negotiate to get it. Learn these skills and it'll make a huge difference in your success. I hope you enjoyed that. Again, you took those notes. Realize in business and in life, your ability to persuade others can mean the difference between success and failure. Having a higher persuasion IQ. And when you have that, you can convince anyone at work or at home about anything, anytime. Think about it. How powerful these techniques can be in business and life. I mean, how much money have you lost with your inability to persuade? Mastering influence techniques will translate directly to winning more clients, reading people more quickly and accurately, driving more satisfaction from personal and family relationships, closing more sales, and earning more than you've ever dreamed. And perhaps the most important thing, hearing the word yes more often. So, whether you sell your product, an idea, a plan yourself, master influence. So, that audio excerpt was from InfluenceUniversity.com. That was lesson four from 14. For those that are members, go back and review that, go through the other lessons, get more information. Go to InfluenceUniversity.com. There's a free section that has the podcast archives and a few other things that will help you out. But also, there's the 52-Week PhD program. There's an advanced program. Check it out. I guarantee it will make a huge difference in your life, your success, and your income. Master these skills and go out and persuade with power.